0: What's going on, everybody? This is the Late Bloomer Podcast. My name is Spooks McGee. I'll be your host for the evening. I am on Facebook Live right now recording the episode intro. About a year ago, I went to downtown Kennesaw, and I spoke with an elderly gentleman that goes by the name Wildman. His name is Dent Myers, a.k.a. Wildman. He has this Civil War surplus store or something that he um, he uh, sells, like, Confederate flags for people and, you know, Civil War memorabilia and, um, you know... The bars and stripes. The shit that Southern people like. I mean, he saw a market. People need, you know, these things so they can represent their heritage. Even though the more and more that we understand and learn about the history of the Confederacy, what they stood for, uh, the whole purpose of them in general. is really... um. It's really hard for people to really argue that the bars and stripes the x flag the confederate flag alternative flag is not something that is a symbol of slavery it's just really hard for people now now that the facts are in order now that the truth is out that it's um That is what it's about. I mean, the flag, you know, didn't resurface until, like, the 50s. They didn't, you know, show it again or utilize it again until, um, you know, see, i got to get my facts before I come on this thing. But um, all I'm saying is a year ago, I had the idea to start a show. I didn't know how I was going to start a show, but I had shot a bunch of stuff. And one of the things that I shot was this footage of this old guy. I believe he's in his 80s. I completely forgot his age, but his name is Dent Myers. He goes by Wildman. He has a long, crazy beard. Um, pretty much just like what you would call a stereotypical caricature of a hillbilly. Like whatever they had on the bottle of the uh, Mountain Dew, it's that guy. And um, I also have some photos of him when he was younger. He, always, he wasn't always like that. You know, he looked like a suave you know, smooth Casanova type cat, and I don't know, he just started to descend into this like um, old, you know, hillbilly type persona, and he, I guess that's what he he took a liking to, Um, I don't know if he's a moonshiner, I don't know what his story is, but, uh, so I asked him, I found it intriguing, but it wasn't just the fact that he had this store, that sold Confederate merchandise, that sold um, flags and Civil War memorabilia. It was the back. The back of his place was guarded by some kind of like a chain. And the chain was there and there was a sign. I don't really remember what the sign was. But one of the things that you're greeted with is a bunch of Civil War historical memorabilia. Old guns, old uniforms on mannequins that show the way that the Confederates dressed. Um, But then... You start to see all of the racist art, if you would call it that. Racist um, dolls. Racist drawings, cartoons, comic books. um, Mammy dolls. um, You know... The people eating watermelon and all those things that you would see the big buggy eyes, the big old red lips. Um, And uh, seeing all that stuff, really, at the time I showed it to a person that was close to me, and she didn't just see it and go, hmm. She was deeply distraught by what she saw, it filled her with rage. And she um, really didn't like it. She really didn't like it. But I saw it as, well, I got to know more about this. And so I left. I thought about it. I thought about it. Some of the pictures that I took, people had seen. Um, And about three months later, I'm working. I'm I'm out for work. And I had some time to stop. I saw the store again. Hit a U-turn skirt, and I just happened to have all my equipment on my truck. It was a laptop, microphone, and uh, you know the interface and everything that I needed to record this guy. I asked him, "Hey, can I interview you?" And he, he said, "Yeah," and I got about forty minutes of audio from him. Forty minutes of audio, and um, it's interesting hearing a person of his stature or of his, you know race and his age, um, talking about things that, you know, people my age wouldn't normally talk to somebody like that about. And actually, because of the fact that this interview was done a year ago, none of the audio really, um, has any, uh, relevance to today, but at the same time it does because, you know, a lot of the stuff that we were talking about a year ago is just as important, just as prevalent. And I think it's interesting. I think that I'm going to go back, talk to him again. Hopefully, he's still alive. I mean, he was very elder- elderly when I spoke to him a year ago. So, I mean, he, if he was 85, he'll be 86, you know. But um I just hope that he's in good health um, because you don't really get to hear a person of his age and of his race and talk about these things. And what I noticed is that for his age, he was really sharp. He had a lot of wit, a lot of jokes, a lot of silly things that he would say. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought that you guys would find it interesting. But before I go into the audio of the... um, this dude, Dent Myers, I uh, wanted to... talk about the Confederacy in general and how these socialites, these these um you know, elite people that were like in society that had a little bit of clout tried desperately to rewrite history by going into schools, by advocating to get these monuments built. Um, it's really interesting. And I, now that I know all this stuff, which I didn't at the time, I kind of sort of knew about how the people who were fighting for slavery kind of forced a hand and tried to re, you know reconvene or rewrite or reevaluate what exactly slavery meant to people, whether or not the slaves were happy. It's just... um. It's just really interesting. But the thing about me is that while I do find all of these topics very interesting and also very important to talk about, I'm I'm so exhausted. And this is one of the reasons why I haven't recorded a new episode since episode 5. Because... I'm only 33 years old. I mean, I've been listening to people talk about these injustices for 33 years. And 33 years before that, people were talking about this and et cetera and so forth and so on. So, you know, I understand that it's important to talk about this stuff. But I also feel like I want my platform, platforms or whatever, to be something that's t- sort of an escape or a Something that one would see would would come to to get away from all this stuff and just have a moment where they don't think about this. I mean, the number one show in America right now is some shit called um, the the floor is lava. I mean, that's what everyone is watching. There's turmoil. There's COVID-19. There's President Trump going crazy. There's there's Trump or Biden, whatever. Um, these two, you know, insane options. Do you want to go with the racist or the even other, or the other racist that has a black friend? It's just there's so many things going on. You know, they got murder hornets. They got this. I haven't talked about any of this stuff since the last one because I just think everyone is talking about this stuff and. Like, what am I going to say that's so unique and different about this? You know, I want to talk about fucking Arthur. Uh, every day when you're walking down the street, I want to talk about that shit. I want to talk about PBS Kids. I want to talk about, you know, um, you know Nickelodeon and the game shows that they had that predate the the Flores Lava show that's on Netflix. You know, I want to talk about goofy shit. But for some reason, I can't, for the life of me, stay away from... From these heavy topics and issues. It's like, I want to be goofy. I want to have some fun. I want to laugh. But it doesn't seem like it's time to laugh. It doesn't seem like anybody really, anyone really wants to laugh. And I totally understand that. But I thought about it like this. Some of the best comedy was written during civil unrest. Some of the best movies were written and rec- and filmed and edited during civil unrest. Some of the most amazing songs that you've ever heard, love songs about happiness and peace and joy, were written in the midst of civil unrest. And while I understand that it's the artist's job to record music, that that is uplifting to the people and give them a... a uh, something to think about, uh, uh, put everything into perspective, you know, write it in rhyme form, put it in a song. I feel like the best thing that m- an artist can do is just make someone forget, just for a little bit. I'm not saying that you should just stop talking about the issues that are at hand. I'm not saying that you should neglect the issues that are at hand. What I am saying is that. The strongest statement that I've ever seen in most cases is people who sometimes don't even really try to make a statement. They just take the time to express themselves, how they see fit regardless of what's going on. And I feel like that's way more challenging than writing an I Can't Breathe song. But I'm not downing people who do this. I just feel like, as an artist, the immediate impulse, the knee-jerk reaction is always, well, I gotta write a song about this. And sometimes... I think maybe I should wait or maybe make some happy, silly, goofy music and when someone inter- interviews me about the silly, goofy song that I wrote or the dumb, silly, goofy comedy piece or podcast that I recorded that I could find a way to sneak in something that is poignant about the times at hand, about the plight of the black people in America, about the plight of the, of the world. What What's going to happen in five years? What's going to happen in 10 years when my son is 15 years old? I don't know. But I don't know if dwelling on that changes anything. Anyway, here's the interview with Dent Wildman Myers. Thank you for choosing The Late Bloomer Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Paid in America. Paidinamerica.com has great merch. Paidinamerica.com with 3K's. They're going to be dropping a single back in the kitchen on July 3rd. So be sure to check that single and video drop out. It's going to be amazing. Paid in America. It's America is not a country. It's a business. So where is my money? Paidinamerica.com. P-A-I-D-I-N-A-M-E-R-I-K-K-K-A dot com. Oh, they been new.
1: Well, i tell you those people that record this stuff on location. You better mess with them. The sound people. Oh, they're, they're, uh... they're bad. <laughs> I don't blame them though.
0: Yeah.
1: You can run the whole set just one little glitch. Hmm. They expect to do it correctly.
0: Right. You know what? You kind of got to be a little mad in the head to do audio.
1: You got to be a whole lot mad. If you're not, you will before you finish. Yeah,
0: because you just over and over, over and over. It, it never stops. You know? The same thing with animation. I think that you gotta be a little cookie in the head to be doing animation, because it's just like, you're zoned in, and you're making this stuff, you know what I mean?
1: Sixteen frames per second.
0: You gotta be wild, man.
1: Yeah, that's the way you shoot that stuff. You shoot it on a vertical camera. Mm-hmm. Sixteen frames makes one second, one movement. You imagine how much ink they put in Disney. How much he put into one cartoon?
0: They put a lot of effort into, um, the, uh, the background paintings and the character.
1: Yeah. And special people for that. Yeah.
0: But we can talk about all kinds of stuff: animation, music, art, the state of America, racial uh, injustice, whatever you want to talk about. But for now, uh, first of all, let me introduce myself. My name is Olin.
1: Is that? Did you drop the R?
0: O L I N.
1: I thought it was rolling, rolling, rolling. You dropped the O, and it's Olin, Olin, Olin. <laughs>
0: Keep them doggies rolling? Yeah. No, we don't keep them doggies rolling. It's not them, huh? No. Okay, Olin. Okay, Olin. My name's Olin. I go by the name Spooks McGee. I'm an artist and I'm creating a show that documents things that I like. That's pretty much my little intro. Now I want to know who you are.
1: Well, I've been described in various and sundry different manners, but my name is Dent Myers.
0: Dent Myers.
1: Well, that's my nickname. That's what I'm known by, Dent Myers. Or it's Dent Wildman Myers, people. Put the wild man in there. That's the name of my shop. It's not my name, but they okay. use it anyway. Okay. But that's about it, and well, I'm Mr. here. Myers,
0: what is, uh, where were you born?
1: Uh, White County, Georgia, about 80 miles above, uh, here. Okay. They crop back in the 30s.
0: 1930? How old are you? 88. Wow, my grandmother's about
1: your age. Well, I'm going to interview her later today. Is she an invalid? No, actually,
0: she's doing really well because she's been a vegetarian for thirty years. She's been, you know, eating right, and now she has cancer. But, you know, I guess everybody isn't safe from the big C.
1: Well, see, that's a different brand of people back then. Worked enough and it kept your body in pretty good shape. Yeah. Now, then, people are are, are, are so uh, are inclined to sit a lot. Yeah. Sedentary.
0: Yeah, that's why I have the big bell, big pot belly that I got.
1: I thought you I thought you'd rented that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I rented it. Um, It's about seven years old. I'm about to return it, though, because it's it's causing me a lot of... Uh (laughs)
1: Uh-huh. I used to do that, and all at once, I just lost all this weight. Right. Muscle mask and everything else.
0: Well,
1: um... I used to be about your size. Yeah. I'm about to slim back
0: down. You'll see. But, um, Mr... I lost your name already. I want to say wild man over and over again. That's okay. Okay, well, wild
1: man. Yeah. Easier to remember. (laughs) And harder to forget, right? From, right. The, from the song by the same name.
0: <laughs> well, wow, man, um, what is the, what is your background? What would you call yourself? What would you title yourself? What is your job?
1: I really couldn't establish that. It had to be somebody else make made that uh, uh, description, I guess. Would because you consider
0: I, yourself a historian, um, a, a, a collector, uh, an artist?
1: Some of all of that. Um, I've done it all.
0: Okay. Uh, you're
1: an actor? I've done that.
0: Okay. Uh, do you sing? you have a band?
1: Now, that I don't do. Okay. The only band I've got is a rubber band. And <laughs> hey, they, rubber, they, rubber band man. They quit playing when the pill came out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you know how to play any instruments? Hmm. Okay.
1: A comb and tissue. I'm pretty good at and tissue. All right.
0: How do you make your money?
1: Uh, well, it's a new printing press I've just got. Oh, so you print
0: mm-hmm. documents, you print flags, you print- D-
1: Digital. <laughs> Huh? Digital money. Digital money.
0: Okay,
1: okay. No, I, I don't. I really don't make any money. Do
0: you, are you on social security? Yeah. Yeah. When right. was when did when did you retire?
1: I didn't retire. I quit.
0: What did you do before this?
1: Well, I quit from uh, Lockheed Aircraft, but I was doing stuff prior to that. I went in the military for a while. Uncle Sam decided he wanted to uh, use me for cannon fodder for a little bit.
0: Cannon fodder. So yeah. did you serve in the war?
1: Well, I was drafted into Korea. That's kind of like what it is. Korea? What war was that?
0: Korea? The, what was it called? The, I'm not really too well versed as you are in history. It's called Korea. The Korean War. Yeah. Okay, so That's, what happened during the Korean War? What was the reason why we
1: were in Korea? Same thing that happened to the rest of them. They didn't have enough industrial complexes out there to raise money. Oh, okay. So okay. all wars are caused by Profit greed. So
0: we were going into Korea to try to uh, fight them for their natural resources? No, I
1: was I was next infantryman. I was where they put me. That's something you don't select yourself.
0: I see. So you were drafted?
1: Yeah, yeah I sure was. I wouldn't, sure wouldn't have joined. Yeah. That's like hiring your own assassin. He was $500, come shoot me after a while.
0: Right, right.
1: No, I didn't join none of that. Right.
0: I wouldn't join either. And honestly, not, uh, thank you for your service because I wouldn't join voluntarily. I'm so. not a
1: conscientious objector either. An unconscious, I'd probably an unconscious objection, and knock <laughs> well, me in the head if it didn't go.
0: Well, um, in in this era, we call that woke, a conscious.
1: Unconscious, yeah.
0: But you're not. You're very conscious, in my opinion. I feel that you are very well aware, even though you have your third eye covered.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, my uh, Shiva. Right. Shiva, Shiva, Shiva. Oh, I said it three times. The world's coming to an end. Oh.
0: Say Trump three times. See what happens.
1: That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair Crawley and this guy that used to be the newspaper editor okay. in Atlanta on the Atlanta journal yeah they went in and started drinking moonshine down where he lived down in the South Georgia somewhere and they were talking about Shiva and he told them says so you cannot or this other guy told him said so you can't repeat the name over three times or destroy the world and the both of us drunk and they started hollering, this guy like to had of he liked to die of a heart attack he said, Because he's a real occultist, and he he believed that severely. Right,
0: right. And here's the thing: we can go on and and off off on tangents, but I want to focus on who the Wild Man really is.
1: Okay, let's do that. My tangent department is more full than Wild Man.
0: (laughs) So we got that you were um, that you used to be in the military. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have a regular job?
1: In the military?
0: No. Before, after the military.
1: Yeah, uh, Lockheed aircraft.
0: Oh, did Uh, you do 27 years? What did you do in the aircraft?
1: I was in expediting, I was in tool control, I was in field service, I was in uh, engineering, I was in uh, supervision. I did a little everything. Okay, okay. See, so I'm you're not, still
0: getting pension from the aircraft services?
1: I get a, a twiddling, but not enough to do anything with. Right, right. I could buy me one of them there $9 hamburgers over there.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's about all.
0: Yeah. What about this? Um, did you uh, learn how to fly?
1: Nope, no, no, i was afraid of airplanes. I built a 27. Yeah, I'm afraid of. I did fly one time. They flew me to Virginia when we were shooting the uh, Stonewall Jackson Way during the Centennial. Mm-hmm. So but Georgia flew me there. But yeah. I didn't think much about it then, but I wouldn't. I didn't have the uh, aversion to ac- acrophobia. And I, I, I got a phobia of phobias.
0: Phobia phobia. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of scared of myself, too. I feel like um, I very well, I, I'm very, I'm have an addictive personality, and I could very easily become uh, in, in engulfed in something so much that it would take over my whole entire life. So I try not to focus on one thing too much. It might seem like I'm all over the place, but it's because I'm, I'm afraid that I would become obsidian and become addicted to something, and <laughs> that's a fear of mine.
1: Well, it'd be easy to do, but when you've got so many worms in your pie, you can't pick out the right one.
0: <laughs> right, Yeah. But um, let's uh, let's uh, let's keep going on the uh, wild man. So basically, so you were born in Georgia. You uh went to the military. You were in the aircraft service for a long time before you were drafted. Um, did you um? Did you? Start I was born? I was working at Davidson you in College. Hmm? Were you going to college?
1: I went uh, two years, but at that time you had to go to. Uh, Athens to complete it, and I couldn't do that because I was working at Lockheed, mm-hmm. and I couldn't quit my job. Mm-hmm.
0: How was your um, life? I, I
1: majored that? in mm-hmm. abnormal psychology. Oh,
0: okay, okay. So you and, break, and you're probably a, breaking me down right
1: now, huh? Yeah, what well, my second one is? Mm-hmm. Modern dance.
0: <laughs> oh, you were a hippie.
1: <laughs> me and my t- t- tutu. No, no, modern dance. I'm talking about uh, ballet and things oh, like ballet. that. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's very good balance the sense of balance you know that.
0: what i might take some dance courses to help me lose my thing because it's like you're, you're working out but you're not thinking like i gotta do this you know you kind of lose track of time when you're going through the steps you know yeah it's um, boring too it's boring but it's therapeutic
1: oh, I- you need some therapeutics yeah i talked to him them last night and- <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right um so um before you, all that let's, let's let's backtrack a little bit um how was your life as a child? Um, you said you grew up in, in the southern part of Georgia, in the in the country?
1: Yeah, my folks were sharecroppers.
0: They were sharecroppers, so you, you grew up as a farmer, um, in the farmland, so you would wake up really early in the morning, get the, the, the animals together, feed them, do all the stuff?
1: Well, we didn't have that many to feed. Right. Because you was know, all we had was one hog and chickens and we had a dog. And so
0: you had enough stuff to maintain, to make it?
1: Well, we had to make it on our own, yeah. Had a garden about the size of these things here. Hmm. But uh, yeah, we raised everything, except, uh, well, I, I'll go into, uh, twice a year we would go to the uh, general stores about 50 miles away, barred the other guy's wagon, need right. to turn a corn and a turn a wheat to get a flour and meal. But that's beside the point, Yeah, right? yeah.
0: Um, you had brothers and sisters?
1: And- and one brother and one sister.
0: Okay, okay. And,
1: um... I mean, I didn't have them. My folks had them. Your
0: folks had them, yeah. <laughs> you guys got along pretty well, or? I was alive? never
1: much of a family man, I just...
0: Yeah, you were a loner, still a loner. Uh, yeah. So, um, you earlier you said to me um, that no man is I said no man is an island, and you said that you are an island. Why do you think that you're an island? Have you ever been married? What? Have you ever been married?
1: Married? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know... How, did it work? Did you're conditioned to where you're supposed to get married and have kids so they'll have future taxpayers. Right. That's all that's about. Exactly. They care so, care less. You didn't do well with the marriage thing it kind of fell apart well we uh oh. an agreeable one not one of these vicious things i have now where they feed you antifreeze yeah not that kind of marriage oh, I see no you. it was real good i always so did,
0: you, did you see it through to the end is she still alive
1: no not about 30 years ago oh i'm sorry to hear that why oh she don't have to put up all this stuff
0: <laughs> what i'm saying is when, you, when she died, were you guys in good standing? Did, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Did you remarry after that? or
1: Well, kindly, but not legally.
0: Oh, I see. Just you like,
1: know, marriage is like eating possum. If you don't like it, don't do it no more.
0: <laughs> hey, you're speaking to the right guy. I'm not even going to go into detail, but uh, trust me, I am going through it right now. You know?
1: um, they but- can be very cruel and very messy because they well, I don't know if we're talking this on the air or not. Uh, They get vicious. Women? vindictive, Women? Vindictive.
0: Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get off, because I don't want to. Okay. uh, (laughs) I know, uh, yeah, I actually would like to hear your perspective on that, because, yeah, but uh, I'll cut that out. We'll get it. (laughs) Um, uh, So what made you get into the paraphernalia business? This? Collecting flags and and, uh, uh, books and uh, Civil War memorabilia and... Mm -hmm.
1: You know. well, I didn't even know there'd been a war until I moved down here in 1947 mm-hmm. uh, up there in the country except my teacher my uh, literature teacher she used to talk about the scalawags that ran through the mountains up there shooting into people's houses that had uh, men in the confederate army yeah. and burning their houses and all because they were southern sympathizers that, I didn't think anything about it then when I came here then I got mm-hmm. to metal and tried to ascertain what had happened that they would, that particular item was where it was. So that started it anyway. That's what started the shop, shop here. Mm-hmm. And then I started sending stuff out of my studio and it kind of developed to this. How
0: long did it take to collect
1: all this stuff? And I ain't even started collecting it. I've been accumulating.
0: Accumulate.
1: Accumulating? Accumulate. Cum- I've been accumulating this year stuff. <laughs>
0: this year stuff right here. Huh? Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the mountain hillbillies and the people who speak in that uh, strange English and drink moonshine and stuff of that nature?
1: That's right where I came from.
0: So you know the actual wild man?
1: I know that our race cars wouldn't be an extent now if it hadn't been with all the moonshiners.
0: Really? So you right. mean NASCAR and all that stuff is a, is a product of moonshine?
1: Yeah. Those old first drivers. <laughs> the first drivers were the ones that outrun the revenues back in the mountains. Right. They'd take all the... Seats out of these uh, 34 4s and 36 4s and fill them up with moonshine and go to it. And the revenues try to catch him. Right. He didn't have radios then he could outrun a car, can't outrun a radio. Hmm.
0: Hmm. And you know, the moonshine, um, the way that it works, is very similar to the uh, drug trade.
1: Yeah, it's t- yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same thing yeah. except the, the substances are different. But they don't, they have the radios and all now that they can chase you down with.
0: Well, I have another question before we go into the other part. Why do you do this? What is the reason for it?
1: Well, I like to meet people and I, uh, I have respect for, you know, race, creed, color, nice and large and nothing of like that don't make any difference to me, but I have a lot of respect for somebody that fights for a cause. And that's what ours was. We were called, it's like somebody breaks in your house. You will try to stop them. And was not them invading us, we tried to stop them. That's all it boils down to. But it was really economics, because they were charging us tariff to sell our goods to them, but they had to have our goods to run their factories. They were manufacturing things. We were agrarian, if that's a word. Right,
0: right. So while this civil stuff and the civil rights movement and all this was going on, where were you mentally like what did you think about all what did you think about martin luther king malcolm x what do you think about the march on washington what do you think about the boycotts in alabama what did you think about all that stuff
1: well it's
0: huh. fine you
1: go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well it's something i wouldn't do because i respect people and their property right. and their thoughts and everything i wouldn't try to set, change anybody i would never desecrate somebody else, a statue I would never desecrate their flag because I was taught different. Right. In the well, what did country, what you
0: think about the sit-ins and the, and the things? I mean, they were very effective. I mean, it, it eventually led to integration. It led to um, the things that we wanted to be done, like being able to vote legally in the states and getting rid of the Jim Crow laws.
1: Well, it's the same thing with the women. They got the vote too, and right. that that watered the voting system down. Uh,
0: and they went wild too. They burned bras. They they marched in the streets. They they did their thing too.
1: Well, they. Um,
0: what, what did you think about the civil rights movement in general? You said that you, you, you personally wouldn't have engaged in that kind of a fanfare, that kind of um, a, a thing, because you don't think that it would be dignified.
1: I think it's intrusion on somebody else's rights.
0: Whose? The government officials?
1: Or you walk into somebody's
0: establishment, uh,
1: establishment or their roadway, block the roadway, which you, you are, which you are uh, paying for. Yeah. It should be used by both sides, whoever was going to use it. I mean, you go in there and block it down, you need to get out of the way. Now, I would have... Let's put it this way, I wouldn't do it. Right. Because I have more ethics.
0: Did you understand the effectiveness of it and why they did
1: it? Well, because it's a forced thing and... When you're forcing people to do something that they don't need to do, that's a, uh, to me, that's all out of kilter. I don't care who it is.
0: I understand, but how about this? Have you ever empathized, like physically put yourself in the shoes of people who said, hey, you can't do this, and this is the reason why you can't do it, because you're black. Like, imagine if someone told you you couldn't do something because you're white. And, they, and what, how would you feel? Would you just say, okay, that's your right, and then leave? Or would you, would you say, hey, well, hold on a minute, what's the reason for this?
1: You think I've been here forty-eight years and not get any confliction? If they want to do it, fine. The book of the law says each and every man and woman is a star. Stars in their own orbit don't collide.
0: Right. But stars also burn. Yeah.
1: Hmm? hmm?
0: Stars also burn out? No, they don't. What happens to a star when it, when, it, when it finally dies
1: out? It goes into another energy mode. Oh, wow. No, I nothing. Nothing is uh, indistinguishable.
0: Well, I want to ask two more questions before we go into the thing. One question is: uh, What do you think of uh, religion and God? What do you be- do you believe in God, and what is your stance on religion and God? Well,
1: religion is a safety valve for people that are incapable of taking care of their own problems. Hmm. And religion is universal in the entire world, but each one is under a different guise. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all boils down to the same thing. You come from one place and you return to one place. That's just my concept.
0: Do you believe in God?
1: It's according to what? Uh, you're talking about a supreme being?
0: Like a, like a, a, a greater being that controls everything.
1: Yeah, but it's, they just got a name for it. It's not don't have to be God. It could be Zeus. It could be uh, Zoroaster, It could be uh, Buddha. It yeah. could be anything. It's the same, same thing. And it, actually, what it is is energy. energy. Yeah. And no matter what you call
0: Transference it. Transference of
1: energy. Yeah, I mean, it's just like when I
0: record the audio and I record the video, I'm I'm capturing energy, and I contain that energy and I manipulate
1: it. Well, it's, it's most alchemy. religion is an escape for people that are incapable of to taking care of their own problems. Yeah, you
0: said that uh, earlier.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to emphasize. You go to look at a church and see all these people just rapture on their face, and rapture is not a word in the Bible either. By right, the way. Right, right. And they're all entranced and hypnotized and putting their money in the collection plate. And these guys get rich and go home, take three old broads home with them, yeah. drink all night long, and then go preach the next day. Right. And King was like that. Everywhere he went, he had three prostitutes. Yeah. He had two whites and one black one.
0: I heard about
1: that. Well, you should have been there. You'd got he'd give you one of you're pretty sharp.
0: <laughs> well, I have one last question before we transfer into the, uh, you know what? Um. What, do you, what is your take on death? What do you think about death? Why, or what
1: is your stance on death, period? Death is just a transitional period. Everybody's been programmed to think of it as being bad, but you should celebrate it because, uh, well, that goes back to the other thing too. Your, yeah. your mental energy is what lives. That's what you call God or whatever. If you have thought about what you have done has been bad, you have self-hypnotized that energy. And if you think it's Hades, you'll go to Hades. It's Gahana, matter of fact. It's not Hades, it's Gahana. Gahana. And that trash pit outside of uh, Palestine. That's where they got the word for Hades. Right. right. I mean, it was ideal. Right, right. But it's a transition, of course. I got, I'm that old colored hymnal. What is it? Sweet by, and I, by? I'm tired of living, but i scared of dying. Oh, I think I
0: know what you're talking about. Um, you
1: never heard that hymnal? No? How does it go? That's what it said. I'm tired of living, but I'm scared of dying.
0: I've heard it before. Yes. Um, I think it might be uh, that old the sweet by and by. In the sweet that, that, by and by.
1: No, it's not in okay. that. I know that one too. Okay. No old rugged cross. The and, old
0: rugged cross. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of songs about that. When we all get to heaven. When we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. We we, we what, what what I realized growing up in the church. That it was all very much based on the idea of what happens after. That's what about nice. what's happening right now? What are we doing right now? Are we going to enjoy now, or are we going to be talking about the the top of the bottom forever?
1: Well, that's what they're talking about, trying to escape reality. That's just opinions. I right. I have no idea because yes. I, I have not walked in the other men's exactly. shoes as much, so I don't know.
0: Exactly. And this is the one thing that really makes me worry is when someone says they know the answer. <laughs> automatically start to distrust that person automatically because the, until we cross that plane we 're never going to know
1: well you don't know then that, that you know now that you don't know whether you know or not
0: right and what is knowledge what is knowing what is what is what what is what is we don't know
1: being aware of the situation and what it consists of, but you don't know that even
0: that's fleeting like what we think is right is is the truth right now it could be shattered tomorrow by some you know new reality
1: they're doing that they're finding out a lot of stuff now that been History for years, you know, like the, uh, these boulders and things—they move five or ten tons of stuff. We can't do that. So, and most of the stuff we got was stolen from somebody else, like the rockets. Now we brought the Germans over here to show us how to make rockets. Not, yeah,
0: all the Nazis.
1: And I don't think the
0: Nazi scientists, right? Well, they're the, the ones that came in and helped us build the rockets for uh, the moon landing, right?
1: Well, Van Bong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of crazy if you think about it,
0: right?
1: Yeah, but, hi, hey, folks. How y'all doing Passing today? Through. All right. Howdy, young right.
0: Sorry for holding y'all up.
1: Fine? He's not holding you up. He didn't even bring a gun.
0: <laughs> it's a sticker, right?
1: Yeah. I have to hold it, let him borrow one of mine. Right, right.
0: I'm going to give me one of the old guns so people can laugh
1: at me. Boy, what is that? Yeah, that's the reason I got two so I can give one to somebody else so I have a chance.
0: <laughs> right. Well, um,
1: that's going to be it for this segment. I'm going to reset and then we can start talking about the uh, collection. Is that okay? Whatever
0: you say, pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> what was the black woman
1: doing? Oh, she's a young girl, oh, yeah. real attractive for, for being a soul sister. <laughs> anyway, uh, she was coming that morning. I got to talking about 2020 yeah. and Mad Dog and all this stuff. Right, she right, said, right. Yeah. She said, she came in, I have out all night and had to sleep in the car.
0: Which one was that? What year was that?
1: Because her mother's gonna catch her, she's underage. She ah. gone out and sopped up all this stuff with some, some dude and then he. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, she had to sleep in the car because she was too sauced,
0: huh?
1: Yeah, anyway, she yeah. was telling me about it. Her, her mama's going to beat her to death if she found out she's gone all night, so she slept in the car. Anyway, yeah. they had put me on Cerelica, which is a poison. And, um, what, high
0: blood pressure
1: or something? Uh, supposed to be heart medicine or something. It's, oh, wow. If you have fibrillation, the big deal now is fibrillation. Fibrillation. At one time, it was tonsils. Trials
0: and fibrillations.
1: Yeah, trials and fibrillation. <laughs> You're at, oh, I tried my fibrillation there last night, finally got to going, <laughs> took my aspartine. One of my aspartine pills. Okay. You, know, uh, you take one of
0: those aspirin regiments like that? Yeah. I heard that's actually bad for you.
1: Did you know that uh, they quoted me on the radio one time, they, this guy's trying to talk like a soul. He was as white as he could be, but he crap my kidneys. And he was talking about something he said, he said that they wouldn't they wouldn't take aspirin because it's white. I said, that's not the reason they wouldn't take it. I said, they didn't want to pick the cotton out of the bottle.
0: That's an old joke.
1: I know, <laughs> but but it but they, they wasn't old when I told it to them, and they repeated it, repeated the program. On the
0: radio? Yeah. Oh, my
1: goodness. Over and over and over, because I didn't, you know, I just said it out anything. Yeah,
0: I actually heard that joke on an episode of uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Quincy Jones produced a show about Will Smith as a rapper, or not a rapper, but a young kid from Philadelphia who moved to um, Beverly Hills. You heard
1: that show? Now I know the Beverly Hill, but it's that equivalent? That's yeah, the back, backside.
0: Right. It's it's Beverly Hillbillies, but with hip hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, everything. Nothing is new under the sun, like Solomon said. It is Oh, vanity is a vanity. Horatio said. Horatio old, said that. Horatio.
1: See. Nothing should, new under the sun.
0: So what? it wasn't even Solomon.
1: Well, Solomon, he said. Uh, There's nothing new under the sun, Horatio. is explaining it to him. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what about under the moon. I hadn't thought about that. Anything new under the moon? It (laughs) wasn't when I got through drinking it. I was the only thing under it. You were
0: shining under the moon,
1: right? Yeah, I was a moonshine baby.
0: (laughs) All right, so we're going to get back on the the swing of things. We're here again with Mr.
1: Dent, Wild Man Mars.
0: Wild man Myers. See, I almost was about to say before you came in and interrupted me, I was going to do it. Dent Myers.
1: Yeah, but psychologically, you don't like to do what you're doing, so (laughs) you cut it out mentally. All right, all right. Okay, let's go. So,
0: we're going to talk about the elephant in the room.
1: An elephant in the room.
0: Racism. And why uh, people believe your collection is racist, what you believe about your collection of... um, uh, black caricature, paraphernalia, uh, racist paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it, why do you find this intriguing? Why do you collect it? Are you a racist? I know you're not a racist. I'm just asking the questions so you can answer it. Are, do you know racists? And what do you do when you're confronted with racism? Do you care if your friends and peers are racist? Um, do, do, do you consider yourself an ally for the black community? What, is going on with wild man and his paraphernalia, and how where does he stand when it comes to civil rights? Is that a loaded question? Is too many things? Do I have to break it down? It
1: doesn't matter to me. The elephant thing, though, you get four blind men on four different sides of the an elephant, and each one describes it differently. Definitely right, yeah. So that is your answer to all racism. Racism, a knee jerk word, is just one they're using now. It used to be mama and apple pie and ball game. Now it goes to racism. It's to uh, give you an emotional arousal to have something to hang on to because you don't know anything else you got to say racism if you don't like something that dog manure there Mm -hmm. it's turning white it's racist it's laid in the road and played then turning white now
0: do you think okay what we're seeing is uh the, the 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 caricature of black people right do you as a person who I would say, I'm not going to say that you're a redneck or a hillbilly or
1: you call a me southerner
0: or anything like that. Do you find it offensive, right, when we make caricatures of hillbillies? I don't. Do you know what I'm, what I'm where I'm coming from? Now?
1: Yeah, but like we do about y'all, y'all do about us. Right. We, so I don't like, understand. It. Don't you know, say that same thing. Hold on,
0: the, the recording stops. He has the cut-off sleeves, he has the dirty hat, he's singing country music. They always make joke about how he's fucking his sister or something. Pardon my French.
1: Yeah, you nasty word. I ain't gonna talk to you no more.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm a young guy, I speak a little bit different, and I apologize if I offend you.
1: No, it's just here. You can go out there and cuss all day long. Yes. But it's against the law here. There's a law on my door there that tells you to cuss and then lock like I got
0: you. I got you. But here's the thing. The way you feel about racism is how I feel about language. But we're not gonna get into that. But, I wanted to ask you... <laughs> I wanted to ask you about... So you said you, when, when they make a caricature of white people, it doesn't offend you. Mm. When a black person says, white people talk like this and they're doing this stuff, that doesn't offend you. Mm. So, it does it not offend you because you are white in America and then you have the freedom to sort of make a decision of what you want to do? Because I feel that... It offends us, as black Americans, because it is used to degrade us when we're already down and we can't. We don't really have many options.
1: Oh, you just think that. That's the thing. We don't. Well, the white people may think like you do if they got the same mentality. Because if they call him a redneck or a honky or a Hill-holy. bigot or something yeah. like this, they get disturbed because they don't have what it takes to hold their shoulders up and say, I'm me, so I we'll don't care what you call me because i still be me. Right. And it may maybe all those things you're talking about, but that's me. I gotta pay for it. Right, right. I can't well, do atone for your sins and you can't atone for my sins. You've done and you're gonna pay for it and I gonna pay for mine, man. You mm-hmm. know.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. So at the end
1: of the day How about
0: when it comes to righteousness <laughs> yo my brother, yeah. when it comes to righteousness, when it comes to uh, morality, it's not going to be a community thing. It's a man it's an individual thing. What does your morality stand? Where do you stand between you and the universe and God or whatever you believe in? That, at the end of the day, has nothing to do with what other people think.
1: Mm. That's right.
0: It's about what you think is right. And if you're wrong, then that's humanity.
1: I got to pay for it. You have to
0: pay. I have no, I don't pay for it. You know, the guy that's over here doesn't pay for it. Your mother doesn't pay for it. Your father doesn't pay for it. If we're wrong about all of this, then we have to be held accountable.
1: You haven't walked in my moxics in six months. You don't know how I am. Right. I haven't walked in your moxic in six months to get acclimatized to walking in your world. It's, it's, it's all foolish. It's foolishness. If you let something like that interfere with your life, you're destroying part of your karma. Karma?
0: Hmm?
1: Are
0: you Buddhist? Are you Hindu? I'm,
1: I'm a chicken dude. <laughs> I'm a rooster do instead of a hen do. No,
0: what does a hen do?
1: And, and lays a square egg.
0: <laughs> but um, do you know
1: a pie or square egg? 3.14.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, do you practice any of the ancient um, religions, like yoga, uh, practices, yoga, things like that? You mentioned the third eye.
1: Not intentionally, but I have a kind of a smattering of knowledge of most religions. Okay. Because it's all—it comes down to one thing. You come from one place and you go back to one place. So you
0: don't read to subscribe to one particular mm-hmm. ideology, okay? But we're going off topic again. We yep. Want to talk about the collection? Why did you feel it was important to collect these things?
1: Because it's a part of history, primarily, and because my ancestors participated in it, which makes it double dip. And uh, it was just one of those type of things that that struck me as being important to preserve it because it happened, you can't unhappen it, regardless of which side won or which side didn't win right. or how, what kind of atrocities that were committed by either one. Right. It's still history. Right. And that's my main primary criteria is history. I don't give a flip about racism and about me being a honky and about these people drinking 2020. <laughs> it's all common knowledge. I just like to talk to people and get their opinions of things. Not that I would try to change them. I wouldn't try to change anybody's opinion about nothing. Their religion, their creed, their affiliation within the organization. I may not like it, but I wouldn't go destroy their statues, I wouldn't go destroy their flag, I wouldn't destroy their monuments or nothing, regardless of what I thought of them. It's just that way and uh, it doesn't matter to me cause that's just my opinion and I gotta pay for it. Right. Your opinion, you're entitled to that. You, if it's right, you're right and I'm wrong, but if it's wrong, well, you know, I either can share the blame for either one of us. Right,
0: right. So, do you find it um, amusing? Do you think that it's interesting? Do you think it's funny? Do you think it's, does it make you sad? Do you think it's funny? Do you think it's not funny? Do you just, do you consider it an artistic piece? Like, what do you see, what are, what feelings do you get when you see this type of, oh my goodness, I'm running out of space. I'm sorry, i got to clear some space in my files, on my, uh,
1: you're getting a phone call from KGB.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Russians are watching me.
1: hmm They do. And you know, they're more informed on our individual identities than the Americans are.
0: You know what I learned? Most of these um people uh overseas are well more, are way more versed in American politics than Americans are. They general, are. In general. And it's kinda sad.
1: But we've let it happen. <laughs> we're busy going to the ball game or going to a concert. Right. Right. Or flogging our old ladies. <laughs> N- not not being aware of the people riding their camels over here with their spears that have massive stickers in the back while we're bombed out of a tree. Hmm. On, on meds, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the thing about it is that we live such a sheltered and, and controlled lifestyle that. We are so unaware of what's going on. It's really uh, kind of alarming how much we don't know. And it's sort of a really good tactic for people to control you if you don't know what's going on.
1: Well, I read both my enemies in my books, too, so,
0: you know. You know, at one point, I was like that I actually did get Mein comp with the intention of reading it. Have you ever read it? Because think about it, and I wanted to think about it as a, as a historical thing. How can one person be such a great orator that they can manipulate people to do evil things?
1: Well, we consider it evil things because we have done the same thing. The American populace do the same thing. They On a up, grander scale, too. shot up a village of women, children, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's war. The way to win a war is through attrition and uh, kill the mama, the daddy, the dog, the cat, and burn their building down. That's what Sherman did. Hmm. That's what whipped us down here So hmm. we had no resources left.
0: I think that, honestly, while, um, you know, we, 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 we talked down on Germany and Hitler and what they did.
1: He's that, a smart man.
0: Yeah, he's smart, but also we did some crazy atrocities. We pretty much wiped out uh, many uh, native uh, um, tribes, like the whole entire tribe. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, so did, uh, well, Russia has done more than Hitler. And China and everybody that's put together wow. kill more people.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're ruthless. They'll kill But they're our allies. It don't
1: make any difference. Hmm. Well, if you could do me a favor and pull the mic up a little bit closer. Sorry, right. I can't get it. I'm getting too tired to pick it up now. You're right. Can I just sit it right here next to you? No, I got it. No,
0: no. I, it, it should actually be fine if I just put it down next to your side. It should what time work. does it go off? In about five minutes of talking. <laughs> I just wanted to wrap it up. So uh, the question I asked before my battery ran out. We weren't talking about rap. <laughs> we weren't talking about rap. Um, was what do you feel when you see these racist or caricature paraphernalia? Does it, do you find it funny? Do you think it's sad? Do you, what, what emotions do you get when you see this stuff and why does it intrigue you so much?
1: What side?
0: What do you mean?
1: A cartoon about what? About Like the one lips, on the wall about watermelon head?
0: Watermelon, big lips, um, lazy. Um, you know, there's a million different um, racial tropes that have been um, uh, represented through caricature. Does it make yeah. you think it's funny? Do you think it's sad? Do you think it's uh, offensive? Do, do you think it's just, you just look at it and go, well, that's history? Do you? No, laugh I don't, don't think
1: it? it's history. I think it's artwork.
0: Artwork. Okay, when you see it, do you say it's funny artwork? It's sad artwork. It's uh, it's such a shame, but it's good. Like, what do you think when you see
1: it? I don't really think about it because I do cartoons myself, and you just do what your impulse is and do it. If people think it's funny, good. If they think it's sad, good. If they think it's obtruse, good. It's according to the, the source, the viewer. It okay. doesn't have anything to do with what you're going to do. You may think it well. This is funny, and I'm going to do it because it's about. These old redneck honkies. And other people said, boy, that's funny. They said, boy, that's sad. And other stuff said, you shouldn't do that. Right. Because they're so inefficient of observing something uh, like an objective viewpoint. I mean, you've got your things already pre-programmed. You're not going to change them. Like you see something you think is offensive, you always think it's offensive. You see something you like it, you're going to like it forever. You're not going to change your opinion about it. The same with all this stuff. But you've been programmed into a position to where, that you, uh, well, hate honky, hate blacky, uh, hate Curtis Liverfields.
0: Hispanics, Asians,
1: yeah. Well, uh, it used to be with jokes about Polacks. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, they had Italian jokes and Polish jokes. and. Well,
1: we're letting them rest now, though. We're doing black joke and white jokes. Huh. Letting them rest. Huh. It's just a, just a series of things. Anyway, regardless of anything, <laughs> I'm here. I've been here 48 years and I haven't had any acts to grind against anybody. I've had some very obnoxious phone calls and things, which to me, that's their problem. I mean, some very, very obnoxious profanity, which I'm not overly enthusiastic about. I I consider that a lack of command of the English language that have to use profanity as a shock factor.
0: I would debate that, but go ahead. Anyway,
1: it didn't bother me. People saw us jump up and down, hollering, call the FBI and all that. Who cares? Right. I, what I do, I invite them up. I say, come on up. Because they're going to shoot me and kill me and cut me in pieces and all this kind of stuff. I say, come on up. Come on up. And they don't. But see all these people right here? Do they, do they look disturbed?
0: No. But it's almost kind of a little offensive that you would collect the pictures of the black people as some kind of a trophy. That's how I see it.
1: They wanted me to do it. Okay. it was their idea so you're harping against your own people right, right. so see what you've done yeah. you. let me see your shoes i think you stepped in it yep was a little bit <laughs> No, really it was their idea it wasn't mine yeah yeah i, I mean i said you're all accommodation. Yeah,
0: you. yeah i'm just telling you how i see it yeah. well
1: that's good i need to know that but anybody it don't matter the white green striped purple or episcopalian yes. or buddhism or sort of oh they visited one time too I had the whole stairwell full of them. Wow. And, and I'll show you that picture before you leave. Yeah. Don't mind me. Okay. Anyway, to answer your question, I can't answer your question if <laughs> I didn't answer your question.
0: Right, right. But the question, okay, I have two more questions before we go. I know you're getting tired. Um, one question is, why do you think that you're still here? Why hasn't anyone attacked you or made attempts on your life? And why hasn't the government intruded into what you're doing? Does it, do you th- just think no one cares?
1: I've had interventions, groupings of that sort, but I haven't done anything. Just being here is enough to disturb them, so that tells me something about their uh, character. Okay. I mean, just being here, because I, I hadn't gone out here and thrown no rocks at nobody, I hadn't thrown down nobody's statue. Yeah. I haven't gone down to Martin Luther King's thing and painted no swastikas on or nothing like that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I respect the people that put this stuff up there. And, I don't, un- I-, Let's put I don't understand the other side that does that, because I wasn't reared that way. Right. I'm old country, hick, hick from way up there, stuck in the woods, 500 miles. Yeah. And yeah, we didn't get a- one pair of shoes a year, and we tried to beat them, beat them up, so we get another pair the next year.
0: <laughs> well.
1: We put laces on our feet to make people think we had shoes.
0: Right. 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 So what do you think about
1: Donald Trump, the businessman, the, the guy that Uh when they were running I call it rump and clitoris <laughs> running against each other. Rump and clitters. Uh, cuz I was not Trump, right? I was not too overly enthusiastic about anybody cuz I had watched him yeah. and I said he would make a good sideshow barker. <laughs> I voted against Hillary, so I went to him. Now I would vote for him anything he did. You said you would vote for him anything he did? Anything he did. Why? Because he stood on his own two feet, expressed his own opinions, and he had to rubber stamped all the pet peeves and the pet projects of those people that Obonga Hole and Jimmy Carter needs to stamp them right off. And wasting our taxpayers' money. So wasting your money. So
0: the question I have for you. You seem to be a well-read person.
1: Uh-uh. Someone. I'm, I'm what? And if you're an Indian, they're red.
0: No, you seem to be very well-versed in knowledge and different uh, subjects, different art forms, um, you know, uh, religion, race, American history. You don't find it offensive that the president doesn't know any of this? Like He can barely quote a Bible verse, he doesn't even understand politics, it doesn't offend you? That someone who's supposed to represent the country doesn't understand the history of the country or even understand the laws?
1: Did you ever talk to O'Bonga Ho? He, he didn't know as much as Trump did.
0: I mean, he went He
1: he, he went. He was a and, and took the
0: opportunities to actually learn.
1: What he did, he was installed. He was not voted in. Jimmy Carter was installed. He wasn't voted in. We've got to get somebody that's weak and obsequious and easily guided so to maneuver him through all this to get some more freedoms away from us. That's an, just an opinion. I understand. <laughs> Hi, this is Mr. Bill. I live in this Okay, well...
0: It looks like Mr. Myers is uh, losing his wits right now because of uh, me uh, <laughs> no, getting at him.
1: That's, that's half, half, you're half right. <laughs> half wit.
0: <laughs> half wit. Uh, uh, and I just want to say, well, what would, advice would you give to young Americans today? Uh, you know, young people, what, what, what would, the, you, in your opinion, and I'm sure that there's a wide array of advice you can give, but uh, what is the best advice you've been given and the best advice you can give to people that are young coming up, uh, dealing with this uh, tension?
1: I'm in no position to give advice to nobody because if they can't understand the fact to be unto themselves be true and let that slop over to your other people too, uh, but you've been indoctrinated to do what you've got to do and have your main project at college is beer and babes. But, I'm, no, I'm in no position to direct anybody in any direction.
0: Any final words?
1: Well, if they come and ask me a specific question, I can give them my views. I can give them my opinion. But that's all I've got. And I've got a nickel to go with it if they want that. Like when I was in school. Are we still on this? Yeah. Well, you on All right. Well,
0: thank you so much, Mr. Wildman. I appreciate
1: your time. Yeah, I wish you meant that. Yeah.
0: Well, there you have it. I hope that the Mr. Wild Man, Dent Man, Manny Dent Man, Wild Guy is doing well. Is he a racist? I don't know. I mean, listening to what he talks about, he doesn't seem to have any evil tendencies in his methods and what he's doing. Why he's collecting this racist art. Um, the intention seems to be purely historic, but we can never really know the true, the true heart of a man until, you know, we really can get delve deep, like, who is his mother? Who's his father? Where was he raised? How was he raised? Has he ever been involved in or or stood idly by when someone was being lynched or being persecuted? We don't know. We don't know where Dan stands because I hadn't had time to ask him those types of questions. Because a year ago when I recorded this, those types of things weren't on my mind. I just wanted to know who the man was. So hopefully we'll revisit. Um. Until then... Say Thanks for choosing the Late Bloomer Podcast. com.